This is the Saxo Market Call, daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Wednesday, 25th of January, 2023, and we have a market that's in waiting mode for the big speculative uh, stock of the day, and that is Tesla reporting earnings after hours. We saw the big ramp up into this uh, busy part of this earnings season and prior couple of days, uh, hitting back above the 4,000 level in the S&P 500 and some other resistance in the case of the NASDAQ 100. Yesterday, not really following through. And and, and Peter, I don't know if what you felt was the uh, reason for the, there's a bit of zaniness after hours and, and we ended up down. One of the news items was Microsoft reporting some, some weak guidance on its uh, Azure um uh, cloud uh, service uh, going forward, but you said that wasn't that big of a surprise, but it feels like the market's pretty nervous here and it really is in a touchy technical area. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how things settle uh, today into the end of the end of the week after this uh, Tesla earnings report. Yeah, I think the um, what we had uh, yesterday was a mixed uh, bunch of earnings releases from the US um, and, and it was clear that it was that it was 3M that that set that set the tone or way down. I mean, they they guiding a minus three to zero percent organic growth. So when you back out inflation, that obviously is a, a pretty sharp uh, volume reduction across their businesses. And they said that it's felt uh, in the in their retail businesses, but also in particular in the consumer electronics. And that and that's no new news. And um, yeah, and, and and momentum really faded, which which you can see on slide two. And then you had and then then came the Microsoft earnings release at they missed on revenue for the quarter that ended in December they beat by two cents so one percentage point on uh, on their earnings per share but it was and the initial reaction actually to the Microsoft result was strong uh, the the, uh, the 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 stock was rallying the equity market uh, futures um, equity futures were improving but then I think it was as the the uh, they were holding their conference call a little bit more color came out on the outlook it really dawned on the, uh, I think, on investors and traders that that you know the signals that we are getting from Microsoft is that they expect a significant or gradual slowdown in the in the in the current quarter we're in and the next quarter, so Q2 of the calendar year, uh, in in the commercial business of of Microsoft. It's very clear that that big companies around the world are holding back on their enterprise software spending, and uh, and and then Microsoft was really unsure whether you know we would see improvement in the second half of the year. So. I think it just adds to the uncertainty and the slowdown that we've been talking about. And it was, you know, we we had that news from from Microsoft and and the and the mixed earnings. And then one of the other news that I think also that you 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 and I talked about yesterday was that Europe, you know, swung back to growth. UK was still in contraction on the PMIs, but if you if you look at the uh, slide three, you can see how the composite uh, the composite uh, PMI index, so covering both the manufacturing and the services sector. Uh, got back above 50 in uh, in Europe. So Europe, due to mild weather, due to uh, I don't know, you know, just more robust economy than we when we than we expected, is is uh, is not at this point in time slipping into a, a deeper recession, but seems to just be hovering around you know flat growth at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, after several months of being sub 50. So and, and these are always these are diffusion surveys, so it's comparative. So compared to the last few months, uh, what are you seeing going forward? And basically a 50.2 says eh, about the same. So, of course, it's good news that it's not bad news, but it's not necessarily indicating uh, robust growth. So very curious to see how that develops uh, in Europe. It was kind of a mixed batch, but yeah, generally being on the positive side. And as you indicated, that UK PMI 
um, was weak on the services side at only 48. And that was uh, far weaker than the 49 and a half expected in that whole uh, you know, remarkable UK resilience story that was uh, came with the December data point at 49.9, suggests maybe some deceleration uh, after the holidays. And, and Sterling really took it on the chin yesterday. Euro Sterling ripping back up well into the zone, uh, not very far from the cycle highs, which are just around zero spot 89 on Euro Sterling and, and cable not really advancing uh, much and actually falling quite a bit yesterday. And then despite the weak dollars trading somewhat sideways into this morning. Um, and if we roll forward to the C, uh, so the um, currency the situation here, we had a big news item out overnight and, and a big relative uh, move in the Australian versus the New Zealand rates, uh, a bit ironically. So I didn't feel like the New Zealand Q4 CPI report was uh, was particularly out of whack uh, at 7.2% year on year inflation on the headline. But the um, certainly the Q4 uh, Australian CPI was far above expectations, and especially that so-called trimmed mean, which they use as their sort of core measure at plus 6.9% year-on-year versus 6.5% expected. And you saw a big rip in Australian rates. Two years, uh, it was actually more remarkable than I realized until I started uh, sort of digging around into it. 20 basis point move on the on the two-year. Uh, so higher odds now. It was a little bit below 50-50, around 50-50, whether they would hike at their monthly meeting uh, on the February, or whenever it is, February 7th, I believe it is. Uh, it's that Tuesday uh, after next. That's that's now getting closer to 70-80% uh, likelihood. And then with that 20 basis point bump on the two-year, it's suggesting they're going to hike a bit more for the cycle before they can permit them, allow themselves to uh, slow down and indicate a, a pause. Still, they're only uh, priced to move about 60-65 basis points more for the cycle before reaching peak rates and, and well below 4% on the latter. So uh, regardless, though, uh, with that big bump in rates, it, it saw the Australian dollar surging. And you can see on slide four, I put up Aussie Kiwi just because you actually had uh, New Zealand two-year rates dropping a little bit as their new prime minister takes charge. I don't think it has anything linked to that, but that relative move was was the most jarring uh, in those two currencies, you could argue. Perhaps New Zealand rates simply following what was happening elsewhere, which uh, which was lower U.S. rates as well. We saw the two-year uh, bump to quite a bit lower yesterday. There was an absolutely stellar auction of two-year treasuries uh, late yesterday. And that uh, the bidding metrics on that were the strongest they had been since early 2020, basically around the pandemic. Uh, once people realized the bond market was going to completely fall apart in late April of 2020, that was the last time we saw the kind of bidding metrics we saw here. Very strong foreign demand. Uh, but the dollar with those lower rates, with sentiment still pretty elevated relative to where it's been lately, uh, the dollar on the weak side. So we see on the FX board, the dollar is the weakest among major currencies. Uh, Swiss franc is down there as well. And Euroswiss, quite interesting, banging uh, towards the top of the range. And then strongest of all with this CPI report with hopes for China reopening once we get to the other side of the holiday here in China and start to see what that looks like. We have Australia as the strongest of the G10 uh, currencies and uh, really powering stronger across the board. I think some of that getting uh, uh, some of that related as well to the Bank of Japan normalization. There might have been a lot of Aussie in bets. Uh, Euro Aussie has suffered quite a turnaround. I think people were playing that relative hawkishness of the ECB, whereas the RBA is decelerating. So have a look at your Euro Aussie charts as well. You can see how people got uh, on the wrong side on those types of, of trades and themes. All right. Enough about FX, Peter. We've got we've got a really interesting earnings season unfolding here. Interesting because we're talking about this pivot into, uh, you know, into what that is the big question. There's a lot of good articles out there discussing how uncertain things are. There was a so-called big take on Bloomberg today discussing how difficult it is 
measuring where the economy is relative to previous cycles. Uh, have a look at that if you've got a Bloomberg News subscription or if you haven't used up your monthly quota. But take us through what you've seen so far uh, in this earnings season. You've mentioned a little bit on Microsoft, but ASML, the, the biggest uh, one of the biggest European companies reporting today as well. Yeah, we we just checked uh, the uh, the market cap ranking in in Europe, and the largest one in the, in Europe is actually uh, Louis Vuitton, LVMH, um, and ASML is number two or three, and then Novo Nordisk is up there as well in either number two or three. So ASML definitely it's the crown jewel of uh, of Europe, and uh, if there was anything, we were, we were joking actually at the trading desk that ASML and their technology is probably the uh, the biggest. The biggest competitive uh, card on Europe's hand, and uh, and uh, uh, the reason why the US would uh, would do everything to uh, to defend Europe if uh, things uh, in geopolitical tension would deteriorate even further, because this is such a key technology, and there's such a robust demand for chips. So the US Chips Act, which is reshuffling supply chains around the world in semiconductor, is is really accelerating capital expenditures because a lot of new factories are being built throughout Europe and the US and ASML, they beat slightly on their Q4 sales figures. They had a much better than expected uh, growth margin, but it's very volatile figure. So that shouldn't be, we shouldn't put too much weight on that. But it was the outlook for this year, the fiscal year 2023, they're guiding sales growth of 25% and consensus was at, at just below 20%. So that's a healthy five percentage point in this environment beat to the top line. And they said, uh, that the growth margin would uh, would expand slowly throughout the year. So higher than expected sales growth and an expectation of, of the growth margin continue to expand. I think that's that's a pretty strong signal to send to the market, uh, to say the least. And then we already covered Microsoft. I won't go through that again. Another stock I've highlighted in today's uh, stocks to watch uh, is Rheinmetall. So we, we finally got the announcement yesterday as as far as, as I read the news, John, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Germany more or less now has agreed that you know Poland and other countries are allowed to um, to sell their their lipid or export re-export their lipid uh, in, inventory of lipid tanks to uh, Ukraine, and it came because they said they they wouldn't go alone. So what happened was that the U.S. basically said, okay, despite we have said before that these uh, Abraham M1 tanks are not the best suited for the terrain. And the conflict in, in in Ukraine will send them regardless because that is what Germany wants for it to go green on this. And um, obviously, uh, Ukraine has um, has asked for around 300 tanks. If those are del- delivered, um, and and inventories are depleted in Europe on uh, on lipid uh, lipid uh, tanks, then of course the Rheinmetall should see a pretty significant bump in new orders for these uh, tanks. And if you look at the forward estimates for revenue growth. Is already uh, plus twenty five percent for the coming years, and and maybe it could even be uh, be bigger for Rheinmetall. So so definitely watch the defense industry in Europe uh, in today's trading session. Yeah, I, I saw that story. I, I had no idea what to do with these numbers that were estimated. In, in the one article I read, said at least fourteen uh, Leopard two tanks and something like thirty three zero M one Abrams uh, tanks. Uh, and then the, the, it sounded like between the lines in some of the article that they're very difficult to train people on or take a considerable time to train people on. And the logistics of getting those into the into the theater of war could could be quite long, maybe next year or, or whenever. So, yeah, it's very interesting to, to see what that means in terms of the immediate prospects, the talk of a, a spring offensive, et cetera. All right. We, let's roll forward to uh, slide six. Uh, just a whole bevy of, of and a big variety of names there. A couple of 
uh, rail companies. And that seems like that might be interesting. The actual carriers of stuff around, around uh, the U.S. with those two rails, uh, Norfolk Southern and CSX reporting. And then a big mining company I see there, uh, Freeport McMoran. But what's what's your focus on, on some of these other ones today? Yeah, I think the the stocks you're highlighting, John, are, are interesting. I just I haven't highlighted it because it's not really something that is traded a lot by uh, by Saxo clients. But TSX, of course, and Norfolk Southern uh, carrying real real physical goods and commodities around the uh, North America, obviously interesting. As you said, Freeport uh, McMoran, very large uh, copper copper miner there, uh, key I think for getting a temperature and industrial demand. But which we know is 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 slowing down. But copper has other uses than pure industrial production. It's getting, uh, it's becoming a very key resource for electrification and wiring of electric vehicles and transformer stations, etc. And and large undersea cables connecting, uh, for instance, the electricity market here in Europe. But otherwise, and we talked about ASML. So the three big ones that are typically a market moving events, Tesla. They are obviously reporting. I, I wrote a preview. You can you can read that on analysis.saxo. I, I called it one of the most important quarters in Tesla's history because of the big swings and expectations and the share price recently both down and now up. What what is the what is the color they're going to provide on the sharp price reduction? So we know that they build inventory because deliveries were was uh, were significantly below production for three quarters straight, which is the first time ever in Tesla's history. Demand was clearly weakening, um, which we could see both in China and in Europe, and was uh, substantiated by comments from uh, Volkswagen. Tesla did the price cut, obviously, to reduce you know the capital deployed in inventory. So that's a negative. But then others have said, oh, but it's also a key strength that they could cut it so much. And I agree with that. And that's because they have one of the industry's highest margins. Um, so, um, so I think it's... Um, it's going to be super interesting what Tesla is guiding, especially on the delivery side for for, for the coming year. Next Era Energy is one of the largest utility companies in the U.S. Very aggressive on their transformation away from uh, from gas power power plants, etc., to uh, to a, a very big portfolio of renewable assets. Um, it's been one of the uh, one of the clear winners in that transformation over the past five years so always an interesting company to 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 watch and then boeing i have highlighted boeing more than ibm because i think ibm will just basically reflect the slowdown we're seeing and have already got from the memory chip manufacturers the the comments from 3m and microsoft so i i don't think there'll be any any important surprises in the ibm result but boeing aviation is definitely back also with china reopening there is a lot of talk about it. it was also what GE said. They expected their aviation business unit to perform pretty uh, pretty well for the year together with their military-related uh, business and the power business, of course. So um, so Boeing, potentially an upside surprise there. Yeah, and interesting uh, to note this uh, this um, ASML. So it, it's a very positive report. And you always have to judge things versus expectations versus what the market has been doing recently. Uh, so obviously it has been rallying quite a bit, as you saw from that chart on slide that uh, five into today's earnings report, and it was down almost two percent as we we're talking. That was on a delayed price, fifteen minute delayed price, uh, as we're talking there. So really, it just shows how you have to deliver on top of what the market is doing. And then regarding your Tesla comments, so interesting there when you, you've seen that stock rally as much as forty percent off of its recent low. So where are we versus that rally and versus uh, yeah where expectations have adjusted to always, always interesting with, with equities. 
and the difficult part of trading them. All right, let's uh, roll forward to the macro calendar. I think I previewed the Bank of Canada quite thoroughly yesterday. They're looking at a 25 basis point hike, the vast majority looking for it today, followed by the indication and guidance for a pause for quite some time. So efficient, essentially, we are at uh, peak rates for the Bank of Canada. They were far more rapid to get there than, for example, the RBA over in Australia. Interesting to see how they spin that. And if they don't hike, the presumption is it just means they're going to hike the next meeting. So the I think the, the potential here is is just almost non-existent on the hawkish side. And it's a and not to say that they will surprise Dovish, but that it's more within the realm of possibility that they decide to uh uh to, to not hike today and say we're gonna pause for now. I don't see why they would do that, but let's let's see. Uh, there's also a, a statement out at uh, an hour later today and then a press conference. And then on the U.S. Uh, fixed income front, interesting after that very strong auction yesterday, is there also the, the type of bidding metrics if you go a little bit further out the curve uh, into the five year where the yield is somewhere between the two and the tens uh, to get that lock in that yield now. And for the rest of the week, it's pretty uh, you know, low impact stuff, I think, relative to where the market focus is. I think the market focus is on where are we in this cycle so you know the maximum forward leaning type of data and what is that telling us and the q4 gdp to me to my mind is, is not really there for that kind of data nor is the pce inflation all the way from back in uh, december when we already know the january print and we we get the sense that the market just doesn't have inflation on the brain uh, right now so let's see and then just note once again you know we're at such pivotal levels if you roll forward again to slide eight, you see that uh, weekly, it's a weekly uh, continuous future chart. So it's somewhat misleading because uh, it is based on futures that are rolled forward. Uh, but that trend line is quite interesting there. And there are arguments that we've been bumping up against it. And we did a little false break the previous time around. It just looks like we're in a really pivotal area here as we work through the rest of the U.S. earnings season. So quite interesting on that front. Uh, but for now, that's a wrap for today. We'll see where this uh, Tesla earnings uh, takes us after the close today. Keep that one in mind. It could move the market quite a bit here. And we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.